Hey everyone, welcome to So Emo I Fell Apart. This is a podcast dedicated to all things emo and pop punk for the naughty oddies and today. I'm one of your hosts, Freya. I am one of your other hosts, Chloe. And we have a very special episode here for you guys today. And that's because Chloe and I are recording in person. We are not in different countries. We are not syncing via like fucking audacity and clip clapping to make things line up in time. Don't have to do a whole lot of work. It's going to be so much easier. Here we are. We are in the same fucking room. We're in the same room right now on my couch. Yeah. With your dog. With my dog. Our our executive producer of the show. Yeah. (laughs) Jessica. So we, the reason why we're together, I think we hinted at this last episode, which if you haven't listened to that one, go listen to it. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. We chill and hang out. But we went to the inaugural Jason Fest this weekend, which when that got announced, I'll say up up at the top i saw okay so jason fest is a two-day festival that happened in atlantic city new jersey memorial day weekend so that was like the may 26th through 27th it was a saturday and the sunday yeah i think it was 26 and 27 and 28 yeah the the lineup looked so good the reason mm-hmm. why i initially didn't want to go was because it's fucking atlantic city in new jersey <laughs> on memorial day weekend a music festival on the beach, mm-hmm. not on the boardwalk, not in the convention center nearby, on the sand next to the water. And I was mm-hmm. like, this is going to be a shit show. Yeah. It's miserable. Going down the shore. Okay. So the people who don't, aren't from this area of New Jersey or New Jersey in general or whatever, Atlantic City is basically, imagine Las Vegas, but a million times worse. Yeah. It's, it's a former shot, like, or if you ever watch like Boardwalk Empire, that's Atlantic City. Mm-hmm. But so much worse now for various reasons of like the state just stopped caring, blah, 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 actual like real political and sad reasons why it's not good anymore. But like Atlantic City's not the best. And also Memorial Day weekend in America is basically the unofficial start of summer. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets four days off pretty much. And it's when all the shore houses open up again. It's when like the, it's basically the unofficial start of summer. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes down the shore. It's a mess. There's so many people there. And I was like, I don't want to go down the shore Memorial Day weekend. I don't want to go to a music festival. And Chloe was like, I'm going to go anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I was thinking like, okay, I don't necessarily know if anyone's going to come with me to this. Um, I want to go, though. So, like, I will figure it out somehow. So, I, like, looked at tickets and I looked at hotels. And it turned out that buying a travel package that included two tickets was just cheaper than buying an individual ticket and then trying to book a hotel in Atlantic City on the fucking boardwalk on Memorial Day weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up buying a travel package for myself and just kind of being like, if you want to come with me, then like I have this ticket. Yeah. Because initially you had said that you had another friend that was going to go with you. Yeah. And I offered, I was like, hey, I have no problem like driving you guys from the airport down to Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. It sucks to try to get from Newark airport down there NJ Transit stops being a super viable option once you get further and further south. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to drive you guys down. And then you said your friend ultimately couldn't come. And yeah. I was like, fine, I'll go. <laughs> Twist my fucking arm. Twist my arm. I don't want to go. Because also what scared me initially was just like the price of it. Mm-hmm. Like not even including the travel package. Just looking for the two-day ticket prices. I think those were like... Yeah what 250 almost 300 together and i was like i think so that's a lot of money for a festival and its first iteration of it Mm -hmm. 
Memorial Day weekend on the beach. Yeah. I don't know if that's worth it. Mm -hmm. But the travel package, like, really made it, like, a worthwhile expenditure to make. Yeah, it was, like, kind of a steal to do it that way. Yeah. Adjacent kind of followed the same format of Bamboozle. I have no idea if they are were from the same parent event company as Bamboozle, but it felt very, like, Bamboozle, similar to, like, also Bamboozle Surf and Turf that they used to do yeah. for a while. Or, like, Skate and Surf it was. Um, oh, fucking Skate and Surf. Yeah, which used to happen down the shore mm-hmm. here as well. But the lineup was, like, so good that it was worth the, like, gamble, pretty much. And I'm going to read off the head, the the billing real quick because it's not as long as fucking Riot Fest was when I read that <laughs> off last episode. So Saturday, it was, um, the headliner was Paramore. Then it was Bleachers, Jimmy World, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Pup, Beach Bunny, Jeff Rosenstock, Surf Curse, Thursday, The Linda Lindas, The Happy Fits, Mannequin Pussy, Meet Me at the Altar, Slaughter Beach Dog, Weedus, I Am the Avalanche, Drug Church, Gel, Zulu, Well Wisher, Pink Shift, and Neil Rubenstein. Then Sunday's headliner was Blink-182. Following that was Turnstile, Japanese Breakfast, Coheed and Cambria, The Front Bottoms, Knocked Loose, Motion City Soundtrack, Midtown, Water Parks, The Starting Line, Loveless, LS Dunes, Beach Weather, Royal and the Serpent, Phantom Planet, The Movie Life, Hot Milk, Soul Glow, Incendiary, Off, Folly, Sick Brain, Oxymorons, Candy, and then Neil Rubenstein again. So a really good lineup. Mm -hmm. Like shockingly good. There's also the benefit that a lot of these bands um, were already on tours and this counted as the like New Jersey slash New York area stop. So I know Paramore is currently on tour. Blink-182 is currently on tour. Turnstiles on tour with Blink-182. Water Parks is on tour. Yeah. Um, Meet Me at the Altar is, like, still touring, I think. Yeah. Maybe Pink Ship Ship was touring. Mm -hmm. Jeff Rosenstock. Jeff Rosenstock is on tour. (laughs) Sorry, Rhea's dog just, like, made a sound across the room. He horks sometimes. Um, I know Front Bottoms are currently on tour Mm -hmm. for the 10-year of uh, Talent of the Hawk. So... A lot of these bands were counting this as a good pit stop for things. And uh, it seems like a couple other bands were doing like a one-off thing. Like mm-hmm. Phantom Planet, I don't think is on tour. I don't think so. I know that they had that show that they did in LA like in November or December. Because that's the one where they brought Ryan Ross out to play guitar with them for Do the Panic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if they've been touring since then. Or if they just have been doing like a couple little one-off shows. For like the dedicated Phantom Planet stands. <laughs> yeah. So great lineup. Sounded like so much fun. This was a way to like knock out basically going to three or four separate tours in mm-hmm. one go. Like I never bothered preparing more tickets. I know those are going to be impossible to get. Oh yeah. That's uh, going to bl- be a nightmare. Blink-182 I also didn't bother trying. Mm-hmm. I did have friends offer tickets to go to the UBS show, which UBS is in Long Island, like just outside of Queens mm-hmm. for people who aren't from this area. And the lower bowl tickets were like $120 day of. That's decent. It was decent. I almost did it, but I was like, I'm going to see Blank this weekend. Mm-hmm. So like, and that's already half the cost of what one day or like the two day pass of this festival was. Yeah. And I was like, this is honestly more cost effective for how many summer tours we're going on. Mm-hmm. So initially I was I was a little mad at the cost, but now rationalizing it with how many tours basically made this a stop versus a unique billing situation. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not as mad anymore. Yeah. You traveled from Canada for this. I did. Talk about you getting here. So I did not realize until I got to the airport um, that the same weekend that we were going to adjacent was also a weekend that Taylor Swift was playing at, where's she playing? MetLife? MetLife, yeah. Yeah. Which is in North Jersey. It's, I think it's technically in Secaucus. So mm-hmm. it's like, I want to say around 10, 15 minutes away from the Newark airport. Yeah. And every time someone plays MetLife, I see it referred to as a New York date, even though it is fully in New Jersey. Oh, no, it's not in um, Secaucus. It's East, Res- East Rutherford. Yeah. It it's, makes me kind of crazy. <laughs> like, you're lucky if you can see the skyline mm-hmm. from where MetLife is on Route 3. Yeah. So she <clears> was <throat> playing MetLife this past weekend. Um, I think she was doing a couple shows there. And she was basically doing a mini residency for Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. She was there for three days. So the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday she was there. Um, okay. So I get to the airport. I start going through customs. The customs agent is like, oh, like, what are you doing in America? I was like, I'm visiting a friend and we're going to a concert together. And he's like, oh, are you seeing Taylor Swift? And I was like, what? And he's like, are you seeing Taylor Swift? And I was like, oh my goodness, no. And the other customs agent was like, look at her. That is not her world. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for seeing me, I guess. And that was like my first like, oh, is Taylor Swift like playing in New Jersey? Or like, maybe that's just because he knows that she's on tour. No, I get to my gate. And as my gate starts to fill up, I realize that I may be the only non-Swifty on this fucking flight. Um, Yeah. Because they're all showing up in Swifty-esque outfits. Um, There was a lot of white go-go boots. Um, There was a girl with a giant pair of cardboard butterfly wings that she was insisting did not count as her carry-on or her personal item. Because they were an accessory. Yeah, they were an accessory. Um, I think she ended up folding those up pretty small so that they could like fit into her bag or something. And then later, a friend of mine from Ottawa was like one of my locals just like posted on her snap story that she's at the Taylor Swift concert and she's wearing fucking butterfly wings. I was like, "Eh, this country is fucking miniature. Yeah. So we are getting on the plane. I realize it's, it's truly all Swifties. Mm -hmm. They're like, is one girl wearing a shirt that says, hi, I'm the problem. It's me which is not an outfit I would wear to an airport. No, Um. (laughs) no, that feels like, um, not great. No. Um, there's like someone wearing like the big dangly fucking Statue of Liberty earrings, which again, this show is not in New York. No, it is in New Jersey. Yeah. Um, which to be fair, the Statue of Liberty is technically in New Jersey. We just get her backside view. Yeah. So, you know, hate to see her leave, but you love to watch her go. Exactly. We get on the plane. The plane is like playing the radio or whatever. They have like their little plane music playing and uh, everyone is singing along to fucking my girl. I'm settling in. I'm like, I don't know that I want to be on this flight (laughs) because they're all stopping in the aisle to talk to each other about how many Taylor Swift shows they've been to on this tour and how much fun they're going to have at this one. And we're going to land and go straight to the merch truck and wait there and then go back to the hotel and then come back to go to the show. Just like truly like a lot of conversation going on between mostly people who did not know each other. Mm -hmm. Which is always cute to see, but also we're trying to get on a plane. It's very cute to see, but I was like, can Mm -hmm. we move it so Mm -hmm. that we can take off? Um, For this hour and a half flight. Yeah. Because for once you're able to get a direct flight here. Yeah, which I've never seen before. And I'm convinced that it is just because... Taylor Swift was playing in New Jersey. Yeah. And they were like, people need to get to Newark. Fucking, they do start a sing-along midway through the flight. And I got as far into that as hearing 
let's start a sing-along and then like frantically took out my earbuds to not not be part of that because just like that's such a nightmare whenever I see the sing-along shit on like TikTok on airplanes I'm like how do you how do these people not get like arrested like how is the air marshal not saying like you guys can't do this right because I always my opinion about flights is basically I understand they're big buses in the sky Mm -hmm. but you're paying such a premium price and it's such a miserable experience yeah that everyone should just mind their own fucking business and not make it more miserable than it already is for anyone else. Truly. Library rules. Yeah, exactly. Inside voice. Shut the fuck up. Don't have conversations. No. And if you do, library voice. Mm -hmm. Let's just get through this together. So I had my earbuds in. I'm listening to the new Hot Mulligan album. We land on the pilot says, Welcome to Newark. Several women on my plane start singing Welcome to New York by Taylor Swift. I was like, that's not where we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say it's the fastest I've ever seen a plane empty out like and that they, I do respect I respect everything that a lot. I was like thank you guys for just fucking getting off the plane they had a destination yeah they had a plan like they usually they it is go. minutes of everyone standing with their necks bent um instead of just staying in their seat and like getting their shit out and waiting for everyone else to get their shit out and then slowly moving and like this was just like everyone no we gotta be somewhere let's go Yep. Um, so I really appreciated that. And I also had no idea that Taylor Swift was going to be here this weekend anyway, mm-hmm. until my boyfriend was basically like, hey, I'm watching your dogs this weekend while you're going to adjacent. I don't know when I'm going to get there. There's Taylor Swift traffic. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean there's Taylor Swift traffic? What He's like, oh, she's here all weekend. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, parking lots open at like noon mm-hmm. for these shows. So I don't know what's going to happen to me. He's also convinced that Swifties um, are the worst drivers on the face of the planet because he almost got rear-ended, I think, twice. Yeah, two separate times. Two separate times, same day, same journey Mm -hmm. to get to a different destination, which I think, I hate to speak ill of other people. That's a lie, I'm a hater. (laughs) But I think it says a lot right there. Mm Mm-hmm. That they don't know how to drive, which I, I feel like this conversation is skewing sort of like preps versus emo. No, it was genuinely like the ultimate prep versus emo showdown mm-hmm. of all time. And like, I kept thinking like, I'm the only fucking emo on this flight, or like, at least I'm the only person emo presenting and right. going, to an, <laughs> going to an emo show. I did think like, this is like the funniest possible flight that I could be on to get like yellow jacketed and just like go down in the wilderness <laughs> and have to like survive with this group of people. Um, and I'm sure that we would make it like, I, I feel like Swifties have to be pretty resourceful. They were able to organize themselves to get off that plane fast enough. I feel like they'd be able yeah. to get, gather some coconuts together. Yeah. I think that we could manage. Didn't you see a guy in a death grip shirt on your flight? There was one guy in a death grip shirt who was on that flight with his mom, and his mom was going to see Taylor Swift. Okay, and he um, was maybe going to adjacent. I think he might meet. have been going to adjacent, <laughs> yeah. But they, I guess, had also been to Boston for Taylor Swift. Oh, wow, okay. And because when they were like getting off the plane and we were going to baggage claim kind of at the same time, he was like, Mom, like we can just, we don't have to run to baggage claim. And she was like, no, I got traumatized at Boston airport by taking too long to get to baggage claim. Like I'm not doing that again. And I'm like, girl, what happened to you? I mean, it's Boston. Yeah. Anything can fucking happen there. Yeah. Um, so ultimately I was glad that we weren't in the area then for this mm-hmm. because I live nearby where MetLife is and me trying to leave my apartment to do fucking anything was mm-hmm. going to be fucking miserable. Yeah. 
So not that I really even leave my apartment all that often anyway, <laughs> but I certainly would be like, well, hunkering down. I'm not driving anywhere. Mm-hmm. It can't be done. No, especially with all the videos that have been coming out, like after every single show that she's put on of just like hundreds of people trying to exit these fucking like venues and football stadiums and shit and like struggling with the concept of everybody getting a line and move towards the exit. Mm hmm. And, like, climbing walls and climbing over barricades and climbing over fences and just, like, moving a line. Like, there are games and shows here every single weekend, and there is no struggle to leave. Yeah. Like, what is happening here? What is what is causing the confusion? I just can't imagine because a lot of stadiums have really good marked signs. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? And I think that's a good segue into talking about the good things and the correct things that adjacent did. Our pros and cons list, but I do, first, before we get into that, talk about our weird hotel. Yeah. So, you ended up grabbing the travel package at the Showboat Mm -hmm. Hotel. So, Atlantic City is similar to Vegas in the way that there are hotels that are also casinos. Yes. And you refer to where you're staying in Atlantic City and Las Vegas by just saying the name of your hotel and everyone knows what you're talking about. Yeah. Atlantic City has, like, a Caesars, they have a Bally's, they have a Borgata, mm-hmm. they have a Mirage, and they have our hotel, the Showboat. Yeah. Which was the cheapest option because it's the furthest away. I think yeah. it was probably, like, a 20-minute walk down the boardwalk. Yeah. Um, which is not bad. This hotel currently under a lot of renovation. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Things happen. Yeah. It's it, clearly, like, an old hotel, too. Yeah. They got rid of the casino in there, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer. I wanted to gamble. It's a family place now. But even like the the family places in Vegas have casinos. Yeah, you can go to Excalibur and hit the slots, which I know is the ho- like I know that Excalibur's rooms are like aren't the greatest in Vegas. But when I eventually go, I want to go there because it's the King Arthur one. Yeah, look at me. Obviously, hello. I have to stay at the Medieval Times as hotel. Yeah. Um. So there's a lot of paintings as we were leave- going from like the parking area <laughs> that mm-hmm. were just like Mardi Gras themed. Yeah, when we arrived, my mom was like, send me a picture of the hotel, and I sent her a picture of the outside of the hotel, and mm-hmm. she said, this looks very um, titties and beads, yeah. and uh, it did. <laughs> it was titties and beads. It was titties and beads we were in all the, the way down. We were in the Bourbon Tower. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's under a lot of renovations, because clearly they took the casino out. They're yeah. starting a water park in there. Mm-hmm. I understand why Adjacent would be able to make a deal with this hotel because there's not a lot of people staying there specifically because there's not honestly a ton to do in that hotel some of the dining options were closed yeah we were able to get an all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet with endless mimosas yeah that was pretty good that we got when we got there yeah that was fantastic we started the day early with drinking yeah and that bartender was going crazy with those mimosas oh my god fully like it was five six prosecco yeah. In a normal, like, solo cup-sized glass. Yeah. With a splash of orange juice. Oh, yeah. I think we both went through, like, three bottles of champagne. Yeah, he was, like, showing it <laughs> a cup of orange juice and then being like, okay, here's your glass of Prosecco. Mm-hmm. It's heard of oranges. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. That dude was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, super good compliment to the French toast. Yeah. He was, he was sick as hell. Yeah. And there was a person stationed out across from check-in at the hotel for Mm -hmm. adjacent. He said that he was supposed to have a table. He said that the table had been set up like three days ago. Mm -hmm. And then he had all his stuff there. And that morning of, they were like, 
this table can't be here <laughs> and got rid of it. So that sounds like a miscommunication on the hotel's part, not adjacent at all. And yeah. we're just like, we understand this shit happens. Mm-hmm. You were wearing all black. We figured that's who you were. Yeah, he had like a little poster next to him uh, mm-hmm. on that little like raised area that he was working out of. So that was pretty nice. Yeah. The included merchandise with the travel pack was a clear tote, which was honestly a lifesaver. Yeah. Because we got the like festival rules i think a day before so they had posted like their do's and don'ts thing like pretty far in advance Mm -hmm. but then they sent like a clarifying email about it like the day before Mm -hmm. that basically was saying like no backpacks uh if you have a fanny pack you can't have more than one compartment it has to be like four by six yeah it had to be tiny Mm -hmm. um and it has to be in like a clear tote otherwise if you want it to be any bigger than that or if you want it to have compartments so them giving out clear tote bags was like, thank God, because like I don't have one of those. Yeah, I didn't have a, I didn't, the only like clear bag I had was a tiny stadium bag that was just not going to fit anything, especially because they allowed in like towels, mm-hmm. water bottles that were empty upon arrival yeah. and everything. And I was like, nothing, that's not going to fit in a fanny pack. That's no. not going to fit in anything that I have. So the totes, lifesaver. If yeah. we didn't have those, we were going to be miserable. Oh yeah, because like. I don't know, going to like a stadium show where they're like, you can only have a clear bag. It's like, okay, well, I maybe need my backup power for my phone. Mm-hmm. And then I need my phone. My phone, keys, wallet, yeah. chapstick, hand like sanitizer, hand sanitizer. Like, an extra mask. Yeah, like That's just it. normal purse stuff. And like you need for this fully like sunscreen, hand sanitizer, uh, hand lotion, because sunscreen dries the fuck out of my hands mm-hmm. no matter what I do. Um, day two, we ended up having to bring toilet paper. Yeah, um, which we're going to get into. Yeah. Also, like towels. It's hats. still, and it's also still like sometimes Memorial Day weekend at the beach is really hot. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a little more mild. This year was a mild Memorial Day weekend at the beach. So it was fully very chilly at night. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes during the day, if you weren't in the direct sunlight and you were in the shade, it got cold. So needing a hoodie, jacket, whatever was like a necessity. Yeah. So. I kind of wish that they had sent out this information about the clear totes further in advance so I could have ordered it on like Amazon or something, but mm-hmm. it still came with the thing. Yeah. So like, that was good. And it was a decent size. Uh, the doors, the gates opened for the, the listed time for the gates to open for the festival was noon, mm-hmm. but no bands were going on stage until like what, one or one thirty day one. Yeah, I think that, so Jersey Calling, I think was playing at like 1230 on both days. Okay. Um, and I think they were just kind of like the openers for the whole thing. Right. And I think that may have been like the earliest that anyone was playing. Yeah. Everyone else was basically starting like one or one thirty. Yeah. We decided that we didn't need to get there at gates mm-hmm. because we figured like, oh, we'll, we'll figure out a merch situation either. Let's just take our time, get settled, go eat uh, enough food that we can just like, you know, start drinking at the festival not have to immediately find food, just get in, get settled, mm-hmm. go to a set, whatever. Which honestly was a good call because we had a friend, I had a friend also there who was trying to get there at Gates who sent me a text being like, Gates are supposed to open at 12, it's now 12.45 and Mm -hmm. it's just starting to open up and move. Yeah. Honestly, if that's your first snafu of the fest, that's honestly not the worst in role because no no one said anything besides Jersey Collins was cut off Mm -hmm. and every other following set still started on time, which is a thing I noted this time. That every single band started exactly yeah. at the listed set time. Like, everyone was so fucking prompt. Normally, when I am seeing a show, if it's, like, doors at 6, but the band starts at 7, I'm like, band is starting at 8. Like, Fully. 
No matter what. But this time it was prompt. Yeah. There was, I don't think anyone started late. At no. least from who we were trying to see. Mm-hmm. They started late. They had multiple, they only had one main entrance into the festival, but had multiple exits, mm-hmm. which makes a ton of sense. They have security and then everyone can leave. They had a total of 10 exits in the festival and the one main entrance, which was by like exit eight, nine, something like that. Yeah, I think it was like eight or nine. It was uh, the ones that like were behind the two smaller stages. Yeah. So you get in there, you get ID checked, you get a wristband. If you're 21, you plan on drinking, you get a little wristband. Mm-hmm. Then you go through security, they check your bag. Uh, then they wave you down with a metal detector and then someone checks your ticket and you go through. Yeah. We did not wait to get through security on either days longer than, I think, five minutes. Yeah, barely. They were speedy, but also, again, we weren't getting there at gates. So who knows what the line situation was at the gate, Mm -hmm. but they were working very promptly. The team was very professional. They did a good job. No issues there. Loved it. Yeah, they were super friendly. So you got in behind where the boot and thimble stage was, which, by the way, all the branding for the festival was based off of Monopoly, which was so fun because Monopoly Mm -hmm. is based off of Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And so we had the boot and thimble stage and the top hat stage, which is the main stage. And then the the set uh, schedule was like looking like the little cards of the properties in Monopoly. Mm -hmm. So that was very fun and clever. And I enjoyed that. It was adorable. So you got into the festival, I think, I want to say like... I don't know how feet, how what distance works in feet, but like it was still at least a two minute, maybe one minute walk over to where Boot and Thimble was. Mm-hmm. So you arrived behind it. There was a bar immediately once you walked yep. in. There was it a bar. Was like right away you get in, there's lockers and there's the bar. Yeah. So we paid for a locker because we knew that we were going to end up buying a ton of merch and didn't want to carry around it for the day. Mm-hmm. The lockers were very obviously a third party locker company that was brought in they were $25 per day which again is still pretty steep for a locker but if you can swing it and just to give yourself an ease of mind that you don't have to carry around your shit all day in the sand to Mm -hmm. various different places it was worth the money to us especially because it was two of us shoving our shit in the locker so that was totally fine so yeah so the basically the festival I think I want to take up maybe like half a mile total distance maybe maybe a little bit less of the beachfront Mm -hmm. and so it was like top hat was back up against a pier and then you walked towards the pier Mm -hmm. pretty much so boot and thimble were literally right next to each other yeah they were holding hands they were kissing yeah they were making out which ended up being at first i thought it was a weird layout and then i totally understood why the layout that was the way it was so it was boot and thimble on one side of the festival on the complete opposite side of the festival it was top hat against the pier Mm -hmm. so boot and thimble worked out really well because they were kissing if you were just chilling out on a towel and you were there for one band ahead of time, mm-hmm. you got exposed to another band and got to hear their set Yeah, because they were so close. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. We, we heard plenty of bands that we didn't plan on seeing and we're like, wow, this set's really good. And I'm glad that we had just decided to hang out here for a little while. Yeah. Like I had not heard of hot milk before this mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, you could hear the stages from pretty far away. So we were listening to Hot Milk while we were in the merch line, basically. Yeah. And saying, like, this band is really good. Like, I think we have to check them out after this. For sure. So, yeah, there was Boot and Thimble stage. And then there was, like, one main, like, drag of the festival leading you to the other side of the festival mm-hmm. towards Top Hat, which was lined with, like, the main festival merch, bars, 
food options as well as like other smaller vendors. Like they're <laughs> fucking geeky and kinky was one of the vendors. I had never heard of them before. It was Gojo from Jujutsu Kaisen in like leather bondage wear. Like he's at Leather Pride. Yeah. And then on the other side of that same flag was Kakashi. Same situation. Yeah. And then also there was Mario of Mario and Luigi fame in a yeah. similar situation. You know him. It was, the designs weren't great. No. And we have to talk about it we like, have for to talk a about second. It. Yes. Because like, so fully most of the art at this booth that they were selling on like shirts and pins and stickers and underwear was almost 100% like, either official assets that were just being repurposed as like cute kinky art Mm -hmm. or in one case um straight up traced art yes Um, this was pointed out on twitter by twitter user scalpel admission um who posted that someone had traced the ferrard slash fun poison which is fun ghoul and party poison from the killjoys era of my chemical romance um, art by Virtue Valentine for this shirt that is being sold at adjacent festival. Um, they traced a piece of fan art that is Fungal and Party Poison, which is Frank and Gerard's characters um, about to kiss. The traced art is very clearly supposed to be revenge era Frank and Gerard. Um, which and they, Frank is at this festival. Frank is at the fucking festival. Um, and they were just calling this shirt Kiss Me. That was there on day one. It was not there on day two. We went to check. Yeah. And then uh, there's another vendor that was selling like flannels with screen printed designs on the back. There mm-hmm. is a couple recreational marijuana sellers, which looked like bogus edibles. Yeah. And like shrooms, I think they were also selling. Which like shrooms aren't legal in Jersey. No, I don't know how they were doing that. Weed is legal in Jersey. Yeah. Shrooms are not. Psychedelics are not legal here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also like a couple other like smaller like clothing vendors and stuff like that. But it was a small selection. Yeah. This is another, I wish I had written our pros and cons list. I wish that Jason had done more background checking on these vendors because the flannel person was also fully ripping off designs from people. Like there was one they had that was like an elder emo, like it was never a phase design that was directly ripped off of Jack Van X. Yeah. Elder emo clothing line, Mm -hmm. which is like down to the arched text, the it's never a phase, it was never a phase, which like, of course is not like her phrasing yeah it's just it's one of those things where it's like yeah like i don't think that we can say that she invented this but also she's the one who like has that brand and also she was the one to originally start doing the screen printed designs on the back of flannels Mm -hmm. as well yeah so that's really frustrating for her Mm -hmm. uh and also had like the skeleton hand doing like the rock position the like the devil horns Mm -hmm. So, like, it was her design. Like, I I own that Elder Emo sweatshirt. It was just that design. Mm -hmm. So, I wish that Adjacent had done a little bit more, like, background checking on the kinds of vendors that they were hiring in terms of their clothing designs. Because, like, it's it's basically inexcusable to basically have your only third-party vendors that's not food nor official tour merch ripping off designs. Yeah. Like, okay, great. So, you have taken a piece of Scooby-Doo official art. And put them all in, like, lingerie. Like, yeah. fantastic. You have Jessica Rabbit in fucking, what's the rope? Yeah, Shibari. Shibari, there we go. Mm-hmm. I was going to say something else. I was like, that's not the word. Shibari. So, uh, it's all very whatever. Now we're going to get into our official pros and cons list of yeah. the thing. So, also, tons of food options. That yeah. was great. So, that's our first pro, uh-huh. was the amount of food options and the quality of food. 
mm-hmm. was really good. There was yeah. like a couple like chain places like Philly Pretzel Factory, which I know is a local chain to this area, mm-hmm. was there. Um, but most of it, other stuff was not chain stuff. I know there was a couple of locations that looked like generic, like festival food, mm-hmm. but by and large, it was like local New Jersey small businesses that was doing really fucking good food. Uh-huh. I don't think we had one flop food. No, not at all. That entire festival. And I actually want to find out who was doing the vending for that Filipino food. Because that oh was yeah. So I think good. it was like Ginger Love Cafe or something like that. Also local, uh, like... Hudson County area, whatever, Tony Bologna. Mm-hmm. Tony Bologna had a cart. Love Tony Bologna. There was yeah. also another great... Uh, it was. It was the Ginger Love Cafe. They did phenomenal chicken adobo. and So good. So good. And like the portion sizes were good. It was like so filling, so delicious. There was a place that was doing like Philly cheesesteak egg rolls, which is somehow a like diner appetizer classic here now mm-hmm. they were doing that there was a couple like pizza places that were just doing boardwalk pizza or like even like oven oven uh like wood fire oven pizza like yeah, the setup whole, was crazy the setup was crazy and there was just there was a lot of food options but i will say we wish there were more food options because uh-huh. i don't think we went to any location that did not have a pretty big line yeah, I think even if it was, like, the same places, but just, uh, like, with an additional tent or even mm-hmm. with additional staffing. Because, um, like, they were working so hard. I, I wish they had a tipping system. Yeah. That wasn't just, like, their little iPads. Yeah. I mean, you could give them cash tips. No, okay, I didn't like, see that. they had also told everyone ahead of the festival that it was, like, going to be a cashless festival. Yeah. And no one was going to be accepting cash as payment. Mm-hmm. So, I guess... Like, I'm sure a lot of people were just like, okay, well, then I won't bring any. Yeah. But, yeah, the uh, Filipino food place at one point did have, like, a 30-minute wait on uh, getting your order, which, like, it happens. Also, it was so good that it was, like, worth the wait. Oh, 100%. And, like, when I was picking it up, I was like, thank you so much. Like, mm-hmm. you are doing God's work here. Yeah. And there was another Filipino place that I forget the name of it that had the most bomb-ass crab rangoon uh, lumpia. That was crazy and i don't like crab and that was nuts good yeah no your friend gave me like one of those little like crab rangoon lumpia things mm-hmm. and i was like i actually need a thousand more of these and it was like a really these reasonable price so thing good. too so there, like no place ever skimped out on portions for mm-hmm. price i mean obviously it was still fairly expensive because food in general right now is fairly expensive yeah and, and festival food especially is just always gonna be more and these people need to break even yeah and make some sort of profit. Mm-hmm. So that was totally understandable. Also, I th- we mentioned it when we were explaining the layout of the festival earlier. The layout made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you should have two stages at one end, have a main drag with all the other stuff on the other side. Mm-hmm. There was never any sort of confusion about where things should be. It was just a matter of like, all right, I forget how far down this bathroom is. I forget how far down the locker is. Yeah. The con of that, though, is what one of our friends said was they needed to have maps printed out on big signage Mm -hmm. in multiple locations. Yeah, because I don't know if they were even handing out, like, paper maps to anyone. They were not. And the only one that I was using was the one that they had emailed to me. Mm -hmm. So, like, I could just pull that up and look at it, and, like, it was mostly fine, but, like, phones die. Phones die. Screens are hard to see when it's sunny out. It's so bright. Your phone's on full (laughs) brightness, and it's just a mirror. Yeah. You can't see shit. Yeah. And 
I will say, depending on your uh, service provider, cell service was pretty solid the entire it was time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I never had an issue, like, even getting a text through to people. Mm -hmm. Maybe, like, looking something up on Google Chrome. Yeah. That was a little hard, but Instagram loaded, Mm -hmm. Twitter loaded, and I was able to text people without a huge delay or any delay at all getting in contact with people. Yeah, which was helpful because we were coordinating, like, five or six people at one point. Yeah. Trying to meet up at certain spots, so. Mm -hmm. It ended up working out really well. Mm -hmm. As we mentioned earlier, the lockers were available despite the cost. I think it would have been miserable if there were no lockers available in general. Yeah. Also, Adjacent had a great... This is. I'm also saying great as a person who does not need ADA, like... Accommodations. Accommodations. Yeah. But they had two very big, I will say, mm-hmm. areas for ADA viewing. Yeah. They It was raised up so anyone who was... So everyone could be seated and still see the stage totally fine. Mm-hmm. I can only assume from that vantage point. And they also had a lot of like flat plastic platforms placed on the sand mm-hmm. between the two stages in the ADA areas. Yeah. And then the main drag of the festival. So people who need mobility aids that have wheels could get through the sand mm-hmm. or just like travel easily. But we will say that was not there in the beginning. Yeah. They did add more like later in the day on the first day, I think. And also by the second day, they had put down some more of those platforms. Mm-hmm. I personally think that those platforms also should have been like in front of the stages. Yeah, at least for like a small, like maybe at least twenty feet, thirty feet yeah, from the stage, just, like so that there was like a pit area where like you could actually like stand and jump mm-hmm. and like be excited without worrying about like sinking into the sand. And I wish they had also been like further out because like if you're limited to being on like a hard flat surface, then like you were incredibly limited in where you could go in the festival and like you could make it to even to all of the food stands or all of Mm -hmm. the vendors the i think that boot and thimble stage had one ada era area that was like on the on the left like in front of boot stage i think Mm -hmm. personally i think i would have liked it if there was like another one that was also in front of the other stage yeah so that like if you were seeing someone on that stage you weren't quite so far away Mm -hmm. but i think that that's really my only issue there and for top hat it was a really big it was a really big ada area yeah it was it was pretty large for top hat which was really nice to see yeah honestly and this was a thing we were discussing earlier is that i'm glad they ended up putting the flat surface because like if you're not used to walking in sand or if you don't live in an area that's coastal at all Mm -hmm. walking in sand is so taxing and hard to walk in and it's brutal like you get winded after like two minutes of walking because mm-hmm. you have to like it's just like how you have to flex your feet and stuff also sorry in advance because we're not recording this on two separate tracks my dog is now having um a puppy moment where he's just rolling himself on the floor so you might hear dog noises in the background it's wackadoodle time it's wackadoodle time what else so yeah when you have ada compliant things like flat places to walk where it's not where you're not walking on sand for nearly a half mile to go from one stage to another it ends up benefiting everyone mm-hmm. so not everyone has to be tired and in pain walking yeah. from one thing to another like i do not need an ada accommodation i do have plantar fasciitis and bone spurs in my feet so <laughs> so walking on sand was not a fun time for me i have like some really decent like beach friendly shoes that had really good arch support so like I didn't die but like 
the difference between walking on sand and walking on a flat surface was like night and day. Yeah. Like we the were, relief. We were running to those platforms to walk on them. Mm-hmm. Any of the food options that were in the not platformed area, we simply didn't go to them mm-hmm. because there wasn't a flat surface there. Yeah. They also had like a stretch for emergency vehicles as well as like any people working the event, whether that be roadies, food vendors, merch vendors, so Mm -hmm. they can walk through the festival quickly. I'm sure that some people, if they had um, mobility aids, were able to use that as well. I can't imagine that they wouldn't allow people with mobility aids. Yeah. For the most part, they were keeping that area pretty clear. Yeah. They were not allowing people who did not have the specific like badge clearances to walk on that area at all. Mm There was a very large presence of EMTs mm-hmm. with, I think there was multiple medical tents yep. and stuff. So they were very prepared for like any situation yeah. as well. Another plus of this was there were bars everywhere. Fucking so many. And the other fun thing about the bars is that there was never a long line at them because there were, again, so many bars. And two, a lot of them had um, like mocktails available. Yeah, so in addition to, like, a free water refill station, you could also get non-alcoholic drinks at basically every single bar. Like, even the, um, like, smaller specialty vendors that were there specifically to sell, like, their brand of vodka. Yeah, like, Deep Eddie, um, Don Julio... Of course, Miles. Now it's his playtime. So Category I'm sorry that you seven hear. puppy moment. I'm sorry that you're gonna hear like dog bat noises in the background, but that's the that's that's called not having a professional podcast studio, and you're just in your apartment, baby. <laughs> um. So yeah, there it it was really friendly. Like Liquid Death was there everywhere. It didn't feel that you needed to be drinking in order to have fun there. There was also plenty of other fun beverage options that weren't, you know. Of course, he's squeaking a toy. There's a bunch of beverage options that weren't just like water or soda. There's a couple other individual vendors that were doing like fancy lemonades mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There was a place that was doing like lobster rolls, mango lemonade, lavender lemonade and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it was a really like sober friendly festival mm-hmm. despite the amount of alcohol presence yeah. at the festival. Yeah. And there were a lot of signs reminding people to like drink water. Mm-hmm. That's good. And that was another thing, the the water, the bottle, eh, water bottle refill stations, mm-hmm. which when we used to be going to Bamboozle and Warp Tour, simply did not exist. No. They, you had to pay for water. They truly did not give a shit if you lived or died at those old festivals. I, the first time that I ever went to Warp Tour, I brought like two or three water bottles mm-hmm. and like they were sealed still mm-hmm. um and security was like you can bring one and you're not allowed to have a lid on it so basically like drink all of it right now mm-hmm. if you plan on getting into a pit or getting into the crowd at all because you can't put a lid on it and then put it back in your bag and now at current festivals they want you to bring your own reusable bottle and they will let you refill that as many times as you need to yes and they want you to have water and they will make it available to you yeah, I think one was like a proper filtered like bottle fill, and then there was a couple that were just like tap water, just faucets. Yeah, and the lines did get pretty long for those, so I do feel they they did set up more water stations. Like initially, they only had the bottle fill mm-hmm. that I think had four spigots on it. Yeah, and then by day two, they added a secondary thing that was just like the faucets that I think there were at least six or eight available faucets on it yeah so that was really good to see 
I do think that they needed the bottle refill stations in more than one location. It was yeah. like one central location and it needed, I think it should have been like wherever there were porta potties, there should have been a bottle fill station over there. Yeah. Hopefully they can fix that for next year. And also they had misters. I had never seen little like portable climate control things at a festival before. Um, they were like these huge fans that were also misters freezing. Mm-hmm. You could go stand in those and get cold. Um, which for me, someone who gets hot, if I even think about the sun, um, <laughs> I was so appreciative of that. Like I genuinely got there and was immediately like, I'm too hot. And like went and stood in front of that for a little bit and was like, I'm cured. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. And so the other great thing about the festival was that like the vibes were just good. It was so nice. Like, I don't think we encountered one asshole. No, like I got bumped into a bunch, but like, that's just what happens to uh, crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone was always like, oh, like, I'm sorry. Like I'm squeezing through here. Like no one was just like, I'm bumping into you and fuck off. It was like, sorry that happened. You know, like everyone sure. was friendly. Yeah. Cause everything under, I think everyone understands that sand is not yes. the easiest thing to walk on and you're just going to bump into people. Yeah. But also we were never really deep in any pits. We never attempted mm-hmm. to get close to a stage for any specific set. We just wanted to be able to see the stage. Yeah. Pretty much. So we hung back. Back, further back in the crowd either just to have the towel down or mm-hmm. and like have the towel down and have our own little zone to stand in mm-hmm. that wasn't like super like crowded or whatever yeah which was really nice because that was the expected vibe some places are just going to be all towels of people sitting down mm-hmm. and then when you get closer to the stage it's going to be people standing yeah that was really nice oh yeah it was lovely um it was very fun everyone was looking out for each other like you dropped your phone and someone immediately picked it up for you yeah also, additionally, whenever we were in a long line and it was like multiple groups of people or like groups of people that had like more than two people in it, mm-hmm. there, no one threw a hissy fit about like a friend joining in the line yeah. or someone dipping out to go get food or drinks for the other people who are in line and then returning into the line. Oh yeah. Like it was like fairly understood. Like, okay, one of us is getting in line. The other one is going to grab water or like a snack. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to wait in this hour long merch line together. People were chill with that. And every single time a line was really long and you had to like cut in front of them. Mm-hmm. If you apologized, someone was like, totally understand it. No problem. Mm-hmm. Go on your way through. Yeah. So no assholes. No. And I honestly think that's because the crowd demographic skewed a lot older. Yeah. Like there were a couple teenagers there for sure. People mm-hmm. who were younger. I don't think I saw a lot of like kids with parents i saw one kid with a parent um at our hotel yeah when we were checking in in an Mm -hmm. ellis dunes Mm t-shirt i was like yeah that tracks (laughs) fully but yeah most of the crowd looked to be in their late 20s up to 40s yeah so i feel like everyone there is just like we're too old to be mean to each other and also we all grew up in the scene where we were encouraged by the lead singers and stuff to pick people up Mm mm-hmm and not be assholes to each other. Yeah. So it was just like really nice. They're like, oh, we're all old here together. <laughs> yeah. The crowd control seemed really decent. Mm-hmm. I didn't see a lot of like the bands having to stop and be like, okay, like everyone back up. Okay. Pick that person up so that we can keep going. Yeah. I you think know? only water parks was the only set that we watched where I think Austin said a couple of times like, all right, we want a circle pit. Everyone back up. Yeah. It was also really fun to see some bands encouraging people to yeah. like start a pit. Come yeah. on. It was pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, there were a few bands that were like, I want to see a pit so bad. Like, I need all of you to just start swinging. Please. Um, I was like, yeah, let me in there. So I'll figure it out. I also feel like 
a lot of the festival precautions, like with the medical tent, knew that the crowd was going to skew older mm-hmm. or kids who are now going to their first ever outdoor festival post panty mm-hmm. who are not under- going to understand how to take care of themselves in, a- in the heat, let alone the heat on the beach. Yeah. So I feel like maybe there were some like, hey, we know exactly who we're catering to right now. Mm-hmm. We need to keep these people safe. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, and also it was like just the right amount of attendees for the amount of space that the- was taken up. I don't think the festival was sold out. I don't think so, no. I think there were still some general admission tickets available day of. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think VIP probably sold out. Oh, for sure. And the travel packages, I know, did sell out entirely. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many, like, room blocks they had for mm-hmm. the travel packages, but those were gone. Those were gone. And so, yeah, like, if they did sell out in future festivals, I don't think that it would have been that noticeable mm-hmm. in terms of how much space there was for everyone to move around. Yeah. Like, no, everywhere you went, of course, the closer you get to a, a stage, the more people there's going to be. Mm-hmm. But there were so many places just to, like, pull over and sit down. And, like, walking through the main drag of the festival was never, like, shoulder-to-shoulder shuffling. You could no. walk at a brisk pace wherever you were going, pretty yeah. much. So I hope that they keep the capacity and keep the size for any sort of future years that they run it because it was perfect, mm-hmm. honestly. Like, again, shockingly well-run festival for its first year. But now yeah. we're getting to our cons of the festival, mm-hmm. which we brought up a little bit um, when we were talking about the good things yeah. and like the, the other side of that. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned we were going to get into the porta potty situation. So the bathrooms, only porta potties. Mm-hmm. Only porta potties, and you were allowed to exit the festival once with one re entry, and it had to happen before 6 p.m. Yeah. So they were trying to really prevent people from basically leaving to go get cheaper food or abusing, you know, going in and going out, which like, I understand you have to make money. That's how it works. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you're not going to allow any sort of re-entry for more than one re-entry, and I have no idea what the ADA compliant bathroom situation was, but they had... Um, at the two porta potty areas, I saw two ADA okay. or like wheelchair accessible stalls. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. And I did see people being pretty good about saying like, oh, that stall is open. No, that one is like the disability stall. Don't use that one. Yeah. Wait until there's one that like you can use. Mm-hmm. So it was all porta potties, which sucked my entire life. I've avoided using porta potties. As much as I possibly can. Mm -hmm. I'll just hold it until I get to a real bathroom again. Mm -hmm. And all my 27 years of being on this earth prior to adjacent, I've used porta potties maybe a handful of times. Mm -hmm. I have never used porta potties more in one weekend than my entire lifespan beforehand. Yeah. It kind of sucked, but I will say that for porta potties being the only option, none of them were like unusably disgusting yeah they were normal porta potty gross because mm-hmm. porta potties the concept of them it's gross i mean it's public bathrooms they're always going to be bad no matter what but i never went in one where there was a mess that rendered it unusable no me neither but the biggest problem was that they ran out of toilet paper fast very quickly both days and there was no attendance on porta potty duty that mm-hmm. were refilling the toilet paper multiple times in one day yeah so we made sure, thank God that one of our friends brought, who one of our friends whose other friend brought emergency toilet paper for everyone, mm-hmm. 
we were able to use it later on the day on yeah. Saturday. And then we just stole a roll from our hotel room and brought it with us to the next day because mm-hmm. we knew it was going to be bad. And also I went down the line using the bathroom mm-hmm. one time to seeing anyone who was female presenting being like, there's no toilet paper. Here, take some. Yeah. People, they looked a little bit confused uh-huh. at first because honestly, I was a little drunk when I was doing that. Yeah. So I'm slurring and being like, here's toilet paper. Uh-huh. But I'm sure they're hopefully thankful later on. I'm sure. So that did suck. Mm-hmm. Our next con was the merch situation. Whack. Unreal. The merch line. So on day one, um, we did go to get merch later in the day. I want to say around like three. Yeah. We went. And they had run out of a couple things. So they ran out of uh, Meet Me at the Altars shirt, which I would have liked to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and which I will probably just find somewhere else later. So the second day, we were like, okay, we'll get there a little earlier so that we can get in the merch line and just like grab all our shit at the start of the day mm-hmm. and not have to cut into our showtime later on. That line was still over an hour long. Yeah. Like we thought we were maybe going to get through it by Midtown start. I think we got in that line 40 minutes before Midtown started. Yeah. We were not halfway through that line mm-hmm. until Midtown started. Yeah. So thank God we had both recently seen Midtown at Prudential when they opened up for my chem the second night mm-hmm. in Newark or else it would have been really fucking disappointing Yeah. to not have seen their set. Yeah. We could hear them playing. But only um, for a little bit. Only for a little bit. Which we'll because... get into. We'll get into a second. But only for a little bit. Um, and we could hear uh, "Empty Like the Ocean," which, which, like, in my opinion, most important part of that set. Obviously, um, could kind of hear them doing their uh, "Where Is My Mind" cover, mm-hmm. too, which, like, I love. I know that that was a a good set too. Mm-hmm. Like Midtown's been putting on really good shows on their little resurrection reunion tour. And I really hope that this could like encourages them to. They said they weren't going to do any more new music. Yeah. They released the whole thing being like, we're not doing new music. But I'm like, mm-hmm. well, can you at least like keep touring mm-hmm. and being like a fun little moment? Yeah. Even if it's just like small little like five or ten shows like along the coast or like just in a specific region. Or like taking a festival billing. Yeah. Because like obviously people still want to see them. Because the that crowd. crowd for Midtown was fucking enormous. Huge. And Midtown was on the main stage. Yeah, they were playing on the biggest stage there, and the crowd was gigantic. Clearly, the demand is there. Yeah. But yeah, there was only one merch tent yeah. for the entire festival for general admission. Uh-huh. VIP had their own merch tent that was in the VIP-only area, mm-hmm. which they only got access to. But there needed to be a second or third merch area mm-hmm. for general admission because the demand was so high. Yeah. And I felt just so bad for the staff working the, the merch tents because they must have been run ragged. Oh, yeah. And the they entire had, day. Like festival staff, like basically running traffic control because the line went out through the main drag of the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to set up new barricades, like going around several of the vendor tents. So that the merch line wasn't like disrupting the flow of traffic for the mm-hmm. rest of the fest. I mean, and like, w- once I got that sorted out, it it worked really smoothly. Yeah, there was like, no there was no like they issues with that it. issue very quickly and moved the line very fast. But yeah, there needed to be a second merch table because I walked over to like look at the VIP area at one point, and there was no line at the VIP merch table. Like the those staff members were truly just like standing there. Yeah, I'm like okay, good for them. Happy that they got to chill. But also, like, we need more of this. Everywhere. Like, they needed at least one more location for general admission. Yeah. They would have 
benefited and it would have been a lot smoother with three of them. Yeah, especially with how many bands we're playing, just because like when we were seeing uh, MCR at Prudential mm-hmm. and also when I saw them uh, in Toronto at the Scotiabank Center, they had like five or six different merch areas yeah. just for MCR. Because mm-hmm. they were like, there's going to be like a lot of people. There's going to be demand. We don't want everyone to be stuck in two hour long lines and then miss the openers. Yeah. And like, especially at Prudential, like I think at uh, my show in Toronto, they had like one on the first floor and then one on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Um, in Prudential, you would like walk three steps and see another table. Yeah. They, they, they do the same thing for K-pop at Prudential at this point as well. Yeah. So. And that is absolutely the move, I think. Yeah. So hopefully next year they have like a a better merch setup. Mm -hmm. The other, this was like a minor complaint. It was mostly like alcohol needed to be a little cheaper for how expensive the the festival was. Mm -hmm. It was definitely worse than sports stadium prices. And like, I'm a sports girly. I'm a stadium K-pop arena going girly. I know that a tall boy of White Claw Mm -hmm. is going to run me $13 and then $17 when I toss a tip on there. A mixed drink or no, not even a mixed drink, like a can of uh, Fisher Island's lemonade mm-hmm. for a 12 ounce can was $17. Yeah, it's nuts. And I un- we understand that like the venue and like with whatever board through Atlantic City like is going to take a cut of the prices. Yeah, or like the organizers in this case, I guess. We're going to take a cut of the alcohol sales from it mm-hmm. to make a profit. But like, oh my God, they were selling so much alcohol mm-hmm. that... It could have been cheaper. Yeah. Please. Uh, absolutely, it could have. And they still would have made, like, all of that money back. Like, I'm really afraid to look at my bank statement <laughs> for the amount of that we were drinking. Oh, same. Which, to be fair, we both have, like, hollow legs. So we mm-hmm. can put a ton of alcohol away. I'm yeah. sure people who get drunk off of, like, one White Claw were living it up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're built different. <laughs> So there's that. Oh, also I forgot to mention the pros. There was no trash. Yeah. I did not see any fucking garbage on that beach. I saw one errant White Claw can on the Mm -hmm. second day. Yeah. And that was that. Some of the, like, the non-cardboard garbage cans got a little overflowy, Mm -hmm. but nothing too bad. I Um, did see them getting changed pretty frequently, too. Yeah. They were, like, really on top of it. And I think that's also the benefit of it being a public beach. Mm-hmm. That they want to make sure that the beach is clean. Yeah. But also I feel it was on the attendees as well for not just like trashing the beach. It was like a really good solid like we're all doing this together. We're not going to be assholes mm-hmm. kind of thing. So that was nice. This was honestly besides some of the like logistics of the merch table and like the porta pies and stuff. The, our two biggest complaints are, drum roll please, you could hear the smaller stages louder and farther away down the festival than the main stage at all. Yeah. So like we mentioned during Midtown set, we could hear Empty Light the Ocean and then we moved, I think, 10 feet further in line and could no longer hear it and could only hear Boot and Thimble. Yeah. And Boot and Thimble were still two thirds down the length of the festival. Yeah. And we were still closer to Midtown, like still closer to Top Hat. Yeah. I do wonder how much of that is just like wind direction. I don't, I truly don't know how sound works. Sound engineering, sound math, sound science. Who fucking knows how sound carries? The only thing I know is what I learned in the Magic School Bus episode where they all turn into bats. Echolocation? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the only way that I know how sound operates. Um, so that may have been something that was out of their control. If it wasn't, do something. Do something about it. <laughs> if it was out of your control. Especially because, like, 
Paramore and Blink's crowds at the like the final like sets of the night, those crowds were so humongous that I cannot imagine that if you were all the way in the back that you could hear. Oh, those crowds were huge. Like looking at the pictures from like a couple days later mm-hmm. on adjacent's Instagram, they posted like the, like from the sky shots mm-hmm. of the crowd. And it was like truly the entire beach was just full of people for blink. Yeah. It was insanity. So I only hope that like going that far down, you could still hear them, but like we fully couldn't hear midtown yeah. at all. Um, and also I want to talk about the disrespect <laughs> disrespect on talk what, about it on what some the the how they decided what bands were going to play what stage mm-hmm. now i might be old you know i might be old i might be out of touch with who's popular and where the respect is for you know other bands yeah there is no reason that thursday should not have been on the main stage mm-hmm. no reason at all the there, crowd for thursday was big th- humongous and also there needed to motion city soundtrack also needed to be on the main stage the crowd was humongous yeah i don't understand why loveless was on the main stage even a little bit honestly ls dunes probably could have been main stage they probably could have but i think that they are trying to stay a smaller band which like i do understand i respect them um but like they definitely had enough people at their set that they could have played the main stage yeah so i just don't understand like you have these bands that are legacy acts like even weedus why wasn't weedus on the main stage at least for teenage dirtbag <laughs> like come on no genuinely because like here's my issue is that if we're saying like oh well weedus and uh, Phantom Planet was also playing on a small stage. So granted, the crowd for Phantom Planet was really small. And it made me, like, really sad because they had a later in the day mm-hmm. billing. So clearly, like, they were like, oh, people are going to come for this one. No. No. It was but, us and 10 other people. I'm yeah. exaggerating. But, like, it but was But not small. by much. But, like, why is Loveless, a band that literally, like, is famous for doing pop punk covers on TikTok? And, like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Headlining this festival. Yeah, like... like we were trying to, like, reason with, like, maybe the bands that are currently on tour got priority for Top Hat. Mm-hmm. Because, like, Paramore's currently on tour. Is Bleachers on tour? I feel like Bleachers is on tour. I truly don't know what um, Bleachers is doing at any given moment. Blink's on tour. Turnstile's opening for Blink right now. Japanese Breakfast is huge. Mm-hmm. Water Parks is currently on tour. So, like, I was wondering if that was the situation, but then, like, the front bottoms also needed to be on the main stage. Yeah. Front bottoms' crowd was massive mm-hmm. because we were all in college in 2013. <laughs> yeah. It was just weird that these like established bands that like basically kickstarted like huge movements within the genre mm-hmm. were not playing on bigger stages. Like the front bottoms is like the band that people think of when they say Midwest emo, even though they're from fucking Bergen County. Yeah, but I mean they they pioneered that like sound. a new way of doing it, right? Yeah. Thursday like arrived right at the cusp of like two different eras, mm-hmm. and like basically gave MCR their start. Yeah, like they're grand bigs. They're <laughs> genuinely and like they are like titans in this mm-hmm. genre. My my uh, Motion City soundtrack. Like, friends with Fall Out Boy from way back. Yeah. 
the lead singer for Motion City soundtrack features on Take This to Your Grave. So, like, why are these bands not getting, like, top billing, mm-hmm. but a band that does covers on TikTok is getting top billing? Like, what are we doing? It, it like, very genuinely, it was angering. Also, I think the Linda Lindas played. The Linda Lindas, I can see getting, okay. getting top stage, because they are, um, they're fairly recent, but, like, they got, they got famous for being, like, quite young girls. Yes, I remember. Doing, like, punk music for, like, a music class project or something, yeah. and just, like, continuing on with it. Mm-hmm. And, like, their recent stuff now, like, they've written some music about, like, living through the pandemic, and, mm-hmm. like, how it felt to do school from your bedroom and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I definitely, I think that they definitely deserve like a platform, Mm -hmm. like a big platform, but like, I don't know, fans like Loveless, like what are we, Yeah, what's that for? And I just don't understand, like I can't figure out a way for the ease of the festival layout and how it worked, how they could reconcile with Mm -hmm. having a third mid-tier stage between like Thimble and Boot and yeah. top hat i think maybe if they took up more of the beach they could manage that yeah but and i don't know how feasible that is because i feel like three stages was the perfect amount of stages for the size of this festival i just mm-hmm. wish there was some way that bands like thursday and motion city soundtrack if there was no way to get them on the main stage mm-hmm. to get them to something that's a little bit bigger yeah than the other stages mm-hmm. So like even meet me at the altar, I feel like should have been like, if there was a mid tier stage, I feel like that's where they should have been because mm-hmm. they've been around for a few years now. And they've really been like building like hype around their band. They had a song in a fucking Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. And they get Taco Bell cards. They mentioned that they get, yeah. they're like they get one free of Taco ten, Bell for life. They're like one of 10 people who have the free Taco Bell for life cards. <laughs> yeah. I personally love that. Eos was like, that's really not that much of a flex that we get free Taco Bell. And you and me were both like, that's actually a huge flex that you're getting free Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Because um, the amount of money I spend on Taco Bell in any given year is really embarrassing yeah. and sad. You're getting Baja Blast whenever you want for $0. Like Crunchwrap whenever you want. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So I do think that they would have benefited from being on a larger stage. because They also had a ton of people show up to their set. Mm-hmm. Like they're a huge band. Like, I mean, huge being relative. They're like huge for like the, the stage in their career that they're at. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. So now let's get into who we saw. So the first day we saw maybe at the altar, I think was the first, no, Pink Ship was the first band we saw. Yes. Then maybe at the altar was the second. We saw Thursday. I wanted to catch Jeff Rosenstock, but like it just ended up working out that we needed we needed food and like water <laughs> more than I needed to see Jeff Rosenstock. Um, we saw Pup, Andrew McMahon, Bleachers, and Paramours. Who we saw, Andrew McMahon, I will say was so much fun to see because it's just like so many people respect him. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that he was on the main stage. Yes, correct. They played as we were getting over there. Played. I woke up in a car. Uh huh. <laughs> and. That was so fun. Huge tune. Um, throwback to the something corporate days. Mm-hmm. Fully lost it when they played Dark Blue. Yeah, it's it always hits. Um, <laughs> I think it was like a group of like four of us that just like gripped onto each other when Dark Blue yeah. started. <laughs> so like Dark Blue started, we screamed. Mm-hmm. And the woman in front of us turned around for a second. And I kind of thought like, oh, she's annoyed that we screamed. Mm-hmm. And then like, as the song went on, she had like kind of turned around and like joined us and was like really singing with yeah. us. Um, and after it ended, she was like, okay, how old are all of you? And I was like, oh, I'm 30. And she was like, thank you so much for saying 30. And like <laughs> <laughs> hugged me. 
Because <laughs> Andrew fans do skew a lot older. Yeah. And she was just so happy. Um, it was it was pretty funny, though, because, like, you and your friend Callie were, like, we're 28. And she was, like, you guys are babies. And I'm, like, girl, that's that's the same age. 28 is 30. Yeah. That is the same age. But it is very funny that she was, like, thank God some people who are a normal age mm-hmm. um, who remember what it was like. <laughs> and then she did also tell me not to have children. <laughs> well, and then we saw her later at... Phantom Planet, mm-hmm. throwing absolute ass. Yeah. She was, like, going to town. Um, I admire her so much. I love her so much. She was wonderful. She's a hero, and I hope that she has a perfect life. And Thursday was great, because Thursday always has a speech route being from Jersey. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeff said something to the effect of, if you grow up in Jersey, you know that you can make it anywhere. Yep. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. It it breeds a different kind of person. And I can't tell if it was a lot of out-of-towners, but, like, not enough people cheering Jersey during a mention for Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, can we have some state pride yeah. if you're not from here? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Be like, an ally. I was cheering because I'm yeah. like, yeah. You're an honorary New Jersey. I'm, I'm physically in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and I like it here. And also, you're talking about loving it, and I feel like I should cheer that on. Yeah. Because so many people who are from here, like, fucking... either There's two kinds of people who are from New Jersey. It's the ones who are like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And the other people are like, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Mm-hmm. I am in the latter portion of that. Mm-hmm. I was in high school and then was like... When I was in high school, I was like, I have to get out of Jersey. Yeah. And then I was in college. I ultimately stayed in college, uh, Jersey for college. And I was like, I got Philly and Manhattan here. Mm-hmm. I live in the populated part of the state. I'm not leaving. <laughs> no. So... There's that. Pink Shift set was so much fun. Yeah. Meet Me at the Altar, I was like, Meet Me at the Altar is going to save the scene. Absolutely. No, Pink Shift and Meet Me at the Altar are two bands that I'm just like so eagerly watching their career mm-hmm. because it is so interesting to finally see bands with like one, people of color and women and non-binary people um, and queer people. Mm-hmm. Meet Me at the Altar is like mostly lesbians. Yeah. Um, And I feel like Edith is bi, but I'm not sure. But like seeing bands like that get like the recognition that they're getting, get the fans that they're getting, mm-hmm. get a fucking Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. Get people showing up to their sets mm-hmm. and like super fucking excited to see them. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh, this is another thing I want to mention that this billing, like the, the entire list, such an actual good mix of like actually having women yeah. in these bands, uh-huh. people of color yeah, in these bands, gay people, queer people. Mm-hmm. It's, like, maybe the most diverse billing of a festival I've ever been to. Yeah. And, like, there's always room for improvement. For sure. But showing up and seeing, like, oh, fuck, they got Soul Glow, they got Zulu, they got the Oxymorons, they got, like, fucking, like, a decent representation of what the punk scene is actually like. Mm-hmm. Like, good. Finally, we're doing it. Because Warped Tour didn't look like this. Nope. Bamboozle sure as hell didn't look like this. Nah. Ride Fest currently doesn't look like this. No. Not at all. And when we were young, it did not look like this. And Haley discussed that on stage at when we were young, mm-hmm. talking about how the scene was not a very welcoming place for mm-hmm. her as a teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Even being a white person, even being a straight person, even being a cis person, mm-hmm. it was difficult for her. And how she watched it chew up and spit out so many people who were even like more marginalized mm-hmm. than her. Um, it's nice to see it changing. Absolutely. And I, we want to mention that because the delineating and like litigating, honestly, what is emo? Mm-hmm. What is just pop punk? 
what yeah. is alternative, mm-hmm. what is screamo, what is post-hardcore, what is hardcore. Mm-hmm. I feel like emo fans are constantly like in this battle yeah. about what counts as emo and what doesn't count as emo, what wave of emo that we're in. Mm-hmm. Both Jeff and Haley mentioned... We don't know what the fuck way we're in, but we're emo. Yeah. Jeff talking about um, how like the worst thing that can happen as the lead singer of an emo band is being asked to guest DJ at emo night. That was so (laughs) fucking funny. And then saying the second worst thing that happens is that someone will come up to you and start trying to explain to you the difference between fourth and fifth wave emo. And he was like, that is what will really cause depression. And then Haley was fully like, we don't know for a second or third or fourth mm-hmm. in that beginning discussion about like what the scene looks like and how yeah. it was bad to her. Uh-huh. And talking about how it was nice to kind of come back as an adult who's like lived through all that and write some heavier music than they've written in a while. Mm-hmm. I know it's, it's a, it's an interesting discussion. And I think that the genre delineation and the wave delineation is like, I guess useful for like music critique and like historian purposes, but for people who are just like living it yeah, and going to shows, it kind of is irrelevant. And like for you and me specifically talking about mm-hmm. emo music on the podcast, like, I don't know, we've opened so many episodes at this point by saying like, this isn't technically emo, but like it's, close enough like yeah it's because it's a vibe it's a vibe it's a it's a umbrella term for the larger scene yeah and these things are all related like taking back sunday was not an emo band but like they count like here's the thing ultimately if someone made fun of me for listening to fucking panic at the disco even despite i write is not tragedies being on the radio Mm -hmm. and they made fun of me for being emo even though i really wasn't dressing that way and nor was panic emo mm-hmm. it doesn't matter yeah kind of thing exactly I, I hate to compare it to this but it's kind of like label identity politics in the queer scene i'm like no one cares <laughs> what your exact label is because they're just going to be like you're gay and we hate you exactly kind of thing like if like when i was getting like spit on in high school i couldn't be like well actually this is post-hardcore actually this is baroque pop they don't care. They care that it's weird and different. Yeah. Like, so stop the infighting. Just accept that the only person who doesn't like being called emo is Dallin Weeks. I'm going to straight up call him out. I know you listened to that episode, bud. He is. Emo's nothing at all. Emo's nothing um, at all. But dog, you're the only one who's mad. Yeah. It's... <laughs> if I didn't want to be called emo, I simply would not have joined one of the biggest emo bands of my generation. Exactly. It is what it so. is. No hate. I really like... I don't know how, but they found me. Hope the new album slaps. Yeah. Looking forward to listening to it. Um, I just do think it's a little silly. Yep. So Saturday was great. Had a, had a great time. Fully cried during Paramore set. Fully cried during Paramore. Um, I cried during The Only Exception, a mm-hmm. song that I do not even like that much. I will I say. was just overcome. <laughs> I'm not a big, I was never a huge Paramore girly. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Probably some sort of internalized misogyny that was going on in middle school and high school, if I'm being totally honest. Mm-hmm. But I did fully lose my goddamn mind when they broke up Misery Business. Yep, yep. I mean, it, it's a classic for a reason. It's ah, like, fuck. It was so fun to sing that. Yeah. So then day two, we saw... I'm trying to look at the list. We definitely... I wish that the billing was based on a schedule. But mm-hmm. we did see Blink. We saw Turnstile. We saw Japanese Breakfast. We saw Front Bottoms. Motion City. Heard Midtown. Water Parks. We heard, I think two songs from the starting line that we were in the vicinity of the stage to hear it. Yeah, I heard uh, Best of Me, which is, like, the starting line song that I really like and that, like, I've listened to on repeat every so often since high school, so. Mm -hmm. 
it was fun because I think I ran to go grab us either food or drinks. Drinks, like, I was never a big storytelling person. Mm-hmm. It was so funny to see everyone walking around just singing along to Best of Me. Yeah. And I was doing the same thing. Um, we saw LS Dunes. We caught a bit of Royal and the Serpent set when we were waiting for someone else. Mm-hmm. We saw Phantom Planet. We overheard Hot Milk, and they were incredible. Yeah, definitely checking them out. And I think we overheard Off a little bit. Yeah, they were they were good. Like we were hanging around that the boot and top the boot and thimble stage for a while, so we heard like a lot of like crossover things. We were just like hanging out on a towel and like drinking and t- chatting with friends and stuff like that. Yeah, and Royal and the Serpent also brought uh, the oxymorons out on stage. Oh, cool. With them. Royal and the Serpent, I think that you had gone on like a drink run for part of this set. Mm-hmm. They did a bit of a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. I think I heard and that as I was coming back. Yeah, that whipped. That was really good. I'm very excited to see them opening for Fallout Boy. It was fun to just like vibe to Japanese Breakfast. Mm-hmm. That was very fun. We were sitting on a towel. Yeah. My two friends were like, happy gay AAPI month because uh-huh. <laughs> Memorial Day weekend straddles the beginning of Pride and the uh-huh. end of AAPI month. So it was like very fun. And I think they said the last time they'd seen Jay Brecky was also like in the gay yes. AAPI month area. <laughs> they were like, this is our new tradition. Me and my friends fully sobbed to the front bottoms, mm-hmm. clung to ourselves as they started. Yeah. I think I lost my voice during Twin Size Mattress mm-hmm. because we're the age of front bottoms fans where we like got in at the ground floor mm-hmm. for it being like our freshman year of college. It was 2013. Like they had just already had the first EP and Tell the Hawk come out, mm-hmm. which like Tell the Hawk being 10 years old is making me That's feel nuts. so old. Mm-hmm. So there was that and just, uh, it was so good. Yeah. Again, they should have been a bigger stage. Yeah. But I it, was, um, I was doing the food run during the front bottom set because yeah. I was never a huge front bottoms girly. I know like one front bottom song mm-hmm. because so I've told you this story is that one of my coworkers lied and said that her boyfriend broke up with her because she wanted him to get a job at our workplace. Yes. And I was like, she's lying because he dropped her off at work today. Um, <laughs> I, I literally saw him. They did mm-hmm. not break up. And I was like, girl, like he didn't, that's not real. Like, are you lying to me right now? And she's like, no, he doesn't want me anymore. It's over. Um, and I was like, there's no way. And then she took the aux cord for the store and started only playing the front bottoms. And I was like, oh, she means it. Yeah. She went through a breakup today. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I later found out that she was lying for real. And I was like, fuck, I really thought so. And then you I was playing. like, <laughs> I was like, no one would be playing this much front bottoms at work unless they're going through something. Mm-hmm. So I really only know um, that one song that yeah. I can never remember the name of, but like they were playing it while I was over at the food stand. So it was Perfect. like me and one other person. Like, like vibing a little yeah, bit. Waiting for our adobo being like, get on your hands and knees and pray for us. Like that's it. Yeah. And that's like the one line that I knew. <laughs> um, good fucking song though. Uh, and then Motion City was so, like the amount of people just screaming to let's get fucked up and die. Uh-huh. And I'm like, wow, we're all old as shit. Uh-huh. And we're so jaded. Yeah. And we're all like almost 30 or 30 in this crowd. Uh-huh. Just wailing. And they had a uh, fill-in guitar player because, mm-hmm. what's his name, Justin, yeah. had like fucked his spine up yeah. somehow. So. Um, so he could not play guitar. He could only sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they had someone from the All-American Rejects. Yes, they had a, an All-American. Filling in for yeah. them. What's his name, Mark or Mike? Also not an All-American Rejects, really. So. Um, but yeah, so that's like 
cool. That was if really you, fun. If you were in the Motion City All American Rejects fan crossover section, like that, that was, was for you. The day for you. I will say that crowd was so big, and we were like fairly close that we could not see the stage. Yeah. At all mm-hmm. that entire time because of how many people were there. Yeah. Which again should have been on the bigger stage. They should have been on the biggest fucking stage. Put That's Motion res- City soundtrack. Be respectful. And then the other notable thing. Oh, Ellis Dunes. Ellis Dunes fucking killed it. That was so fun. Love seeing them. Um, Frank has been doing a lot more of the vocals than he was mm-hmm. uh, at the start of Ellis Dunes existing. Love to see it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. They looked like they were having so much fun up there. Yeah. It was really cute. At one point, Anthony like turned around and was like, I love being in a band with you guys. And I was like, like it's so sweet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you like guys that, are truly just like playing music with your friends. It's basically the equivalent of like the neighborhood dad jam band, except they were all famous musicians beforehand yeah. anyway. I think that's literally how it started. They <laughs> were just all in lockdown. Yeah. And being like, do you guys want to just like play music? I think they had a meme group chat. Yeah. Where they were just sending memes back and forth to each other. And like, that's how they were like, they got started. Yeah. And I want to say it was Tucker who brought Anthony in mm-hmm. and didn't tell anyone. He was just like, I think I may have found us a singer. And they were like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Who is it? And he's like, I'll tell you later. And then fucking Anthony Green shows up and they're like, are you fucking with us? Yeah. Like that's Anthony Green. Like what? Uh-huh. I'm kind of bummed we didn't see Coheed, but also I'm I don't know any Coheed songs. But they were I feel playing like... at the same time as the Front Bottoms too. That's why. So yeah, I mean I know a favorite House Atlantic. I really respect Coheed and Cambria for writing like a five album space opera. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that the music sounds really good. I have just never like really immersed myself in it. I need to dedicate like three months of my life to do yeah. that. And right now I do not have three months of my life to dedicate into getting into the Coheed and Cambria lore. Mm-hmm. I know that my best friend has, Izzy, yeah. has got, got, oh, like, into got, in, got into Coheed. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, so I love that. That extremely tracks, though. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's like, And I think yeah. the last thing we have to say about any of the sets we saw, because again, everyone was great. There's only a couple like minor technical difficulties with a couple sets, but every single time, the sound people were able to work it out. Yeah. And I can, sorry, my dog's making corking sounds again. Of course, a... A festival on the water mm-hmm. is going to have yeah some sort of technical difficulties. Yeah. So all in all, everyone was able to still start on time, mm-hmm. end on time, and still and any sort of problem that did come up during a set was remedied within less than two minutes. Yeah. So that's big. I think the most important thing that I think we're going to sign off with on Adjacent is Phantom Planet, their walk-on song, Succession theme song, on oh. Succession Sunday of the finale Alex of the series. Greenwald. You are a fucking king for that. Yeah. You, you knew what the girlies were wanted. doing that night. Like, because, that's because that's what we did. Yeah. We walked out of Blink-182. We had been doing a little, like, four-person circle pit in the fucking waves. Oh, yeah. Seeing Blink was phenomenal. Yeah. That was it, so much fun. Like, that was the inner child healed moment. Oh, yeah. That was like, oh, fuck. Like, my life has been building to this since I was, like, 12. Like, being able to skank as an almost 30-year-old yeah. to Dysentery Gary. Yeah. My favorite Blink-182 song, besides uh-huh. going away to college. Yeah. That was big. Like... Never thought I was going to see Dysentery Gary live. And singing uh, Work Sucks, I know, as, mm-hmm. like, a crowd of mostly people who were That line was so loud. Yeah. Like, <laughs> everyone was singing along, obviously, but, like, that line was, like... Noticeably louder. You need to know that we don't like our jobs. Yeah. Travis, you need to know... And he knows now. Yeah. And it was very special also to see uh, Tom. 
Back with them? Yes. And talk about like beating cancer. Yeah, and Mark was talking about beating cancer. And then talking about beating cancer and going to Adam's song. Yeah, that was insane. That was nuts of him. That was heartbreaking. Yeah. Had all of us crying on the beach. Fuck. Like, I'm not supposed to cry during Blink-182. But it happened. It happened. Yeah, no, I, I cried a lot at this festival. Yeah, it was, um, it was like, really nice. But, like, positively. Because I don't feel like I've ever gone to a festival and then felt normal leaving mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, my body has always been destroyed or broken or I felt, like, miserable or needed to cry at the end of the day from just, like, how bad I felt. Mm-hmm. And I felt, like, totally fine yeah. the whole time. Yeah. I think that's also just being, uh, you know, in my late 20s and knowing that I need to drink water. Yeah. I mean, having, like, you live <laughs> And through, reapplying sunscreen. <laughs> you live through a bunch of shitty festival experiences and kind of finally start to prioritize, like, your physical health over, like, getting to barricade. Or, um, like, I'm going to spend $25 getting a locker yeah. instead of buying a $40 hoodie. Yeah. Which, and to be fair, we still spent a lot of real adult money yeah. on merch. But, like... I still did we, buy a water park city. Like, but we can swing that now. Uh-huh. It's not My like red we're... flag outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like we're rationing out our 80 bucks our parents gave us that day. It's like, okay, we have our own money that we can now spend on it yeah. kind of thing. So there is that. But all in all... Jason was a really good time. Yeah. I'm glad I went. I'm glad you convinced me. You twisted my arm about it. Got me to go. I'm glad too. Yeah. We I had, had a good time. We had a, such a fun time. Mm-hmm. And we honestly, Jason happens again. Lineup's good. We're back. Yeah, I'd be in. We're back, baby. Mm-hmm. So I think that's all we got for you. That ended up being a lot longer of a review than we planned on it. But hey, <laughs> it's the first year of this festival. Yeah, lot to cover. Lot to cover. We hope to keep doing more like event style reviews in the future. Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely be hearing from us uh, in August after we see Fallout Boy. Yeah, we're seeing Fallout Boy both New Jersey dates. Mm-hmm. So there's that. We're also going to do a special concert review of Twice. You're going to yeah. have to deal with that. <laughs> Well, we um, see twice in July. Yeah, and maybe eventually we'll do a retrospective of our two nights in New Jersey with MyChem. Yeah, we'll get to it eventually. There's also a lot we want to get to talking about yeah. on the pod. And since we're on our bi-weekly schedule, mm-hmm. it just takes a little bit longer to get to everything that we want to talk about. So we yeah. appreciate you sticking around for what we have coming down the pipeline. Yeah, much appreciated. Much appreciated. Uh, and so Chloe and I will be seeing each other a lot more in person this year, I think, than any other time in our friendship. Yeah. Seeing each other this often. It's going to be bonkers. Which is fantastic for us uh-huh initially we wanted to plan on doing a video episode for this but we figured you know what we're so tired we're not going to figure out a mm-hmm. whole new different kind of recording <laughs> setup right now we are working with a different recording setup that's kind of new so if there's any wonky audio issues that's because we're using new microphones mm-hmm. and stuff and recording on one track versus our multiple tracks that we typically do yeah um, again we want to thank moonshot podcast network for powering this podcast and we're going to be doing a lot of Fun stuff with them in the month of June. You'll see us appearing more on their our network-wide stuff. We've just been so busy that we haven't been able to participate in, like, any of the fun live yeah, stream events. Yeah, the Moon Carnival was uh, the same weekend as adjacent. So, so they raised, I think, like, $7,000. Which is fucking huge. For Trans Lifeline. Fucking incredible. So proud of us. Yeah, so proud of us. I Hopefully, maybe adjacent won't be during... Memorial Day weekend and we can participate in a fun live stream event. We actually now have the, I have at least on my end equipment to participate in live streams now. I finally got like an actual real webcam. So Mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Other than that, our normal social handles at so emo pod on Twitter. Again, I've been saying it for the past, what, 
four episodes yeah. that we're going to have more social media presence soon. Definitely, we're going to be getting an Instagram account that needs to happen just mm-hmm. for our own marketing reasons and stuff. Yeah. You're never going to find us on TikTok. We're never going there. <laughs> and Miles is so mad that you even mentioned it. I know. He's so angry just by the state of TikTok. Our executive producer is telling us to, Listen to, to, this to get off the mic. What do you have to say? He stopped growling when you gave him the mic. <laughs> you licked it, Bubba. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to sign off now. I hope you enjoyed this review of Adjacent. Yeah, and stay tuned to hear from someone else in our Moonshot family of pods. Yeah, here it goes. Catch you later. Kung Fu Grip. Kung Fu Grip. As so you can see, I had to use my uh, judo on Gerard. Yeah, I see that Gerard's actually gone to pieces here during this interview. Sometimes it happens. I just well, got so emo, I fell apart. That's what actually happened. You got that sad? Yes. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. Turtle and I are going out to dinner. You two better behave while we're gone. And most importantly, no improv. If I hear any yes and, you're getting the back of this hand. Well, Vince, it looks like we've got the Kame house all to ourselves. Yeah, we do, Aaron, and you know what that means. It's time to throw a banger of a podcast. We're Kame House Party, the only improv comedy Dragon Ball podcast in the known universe. We're going through every iteration of Dragon Ball, episode by episode, and performing improvised scenes based on what we watched. And you don't have to be a Dragon Ball super fan to enjoy the podcast, because each week we do a one-minute roundup to catch everyone up so you can enjoy the latest and greatest episode. Yes, and... What the shell is going on? They're doing improv all over the Kame House. They even put on flannel shirts. We're Kame House Party, part of the Moonshot Network, with new episodes every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Don't close out a promo while I'm yelling at you. Finn.